Hello and welcome to another episode of the Deaf Thing Podcast with you, your hosts, Nicola and Sean. And after a very, very, very long pause, those of you who may be counting, actually, it's, I think, over a year now. Yes, we're still alive. Thank you very much. And breathing still a bit, you know, maybe a bit heavier, but who counts, you know? Uh, so anyways, we're here on our quest to finally wrap up the whole 100 episodes that we initially had planned. And, you know, then God knows, I don't know, maybe Apple buys us or something like that. <laughs> but yeah, we were short for some... Sean, I'm not totally certain. Like maybe it was like, I don't know, 10, 15, definitely not more than 20 episodes. Yeah, well, we have uh, 84 published, but I think we have another 10, 8 to 15-ish uh, unpublished that we never edited. So now, either way, this is going to jump really in the line. is not cool because so... Yeah. Ah, anyways, you know, okay. So a little bit of backstory, right? So, uh, Sean then said, Hey, Nicola, can you like, please help out with this and like edit the episodes? Sure. I'm totally going to do it. Sean actually flew all the way over here and, you know, showed me live how to do this in Audacity. Thank you very much for being the free software, by the way, Audacity folks. But, eh, you know, it kind of like didn't happen, which is weird because usually I do follow through and I am a finisher. But then, you know, this is all this audio thing. So anyways, long story short, we, I got my shit together, right? And yes, we're going to do this now as it should be done. So anyways, um, again, what else to start with, with our lovely links episode, right? So yeah. Sean, what was your first link all right, uh, I guess for my first one, I'll give a shout out to Synergy, S-Y-N-E-R-G-Y. A lot of people probably already know about it. It's a tool that allows you to use one keyboard and mouse with multiple computers by installing software on both of the computers, making one a client, one a server, or multiple clients, and then uh, basically performing the function of a hardware KVM. So if that's a bit confusing, I'll put it very simply. Right now in front of me, I have two monitors. On my left is the monitor that controls my Linux machine. And on the right is my monitor that is attached to my Mac for my audio editing. If I, my mouse and keyboard are connected to the Linux machine, but if I move my mouse cursor off the right end of my Linux monitor, it appears on the end of my Mac monitor. And then my mouse can click on the Mac and if I type on the keyboard, the keystrokes get sent to the Mac and not my Linux machine. And this is just a nice way. What I had been doing for the last month or so was I had both the Linux machine and Mac plugged into the same monitor by because it had two HDMI ports. And then I would just click on the monitor's physical button and adjust the input to swap between the two, which is really annoying. And I hate it, but my monitor was too wide for me to fit two on my desk, so... I just grabbed two smaller monitors that I happen to have lying around, and now I can have both up at the same time, which is really handy. So um, I've been using it on and off for years. I just started using it again uh, last night, and it works great. It even will wake up the computer. So if I both computers are locked, I can unlock my Linux machine, slide the mouse over to the right, and even if the monitor is asleep, it takes a few seconds, but it will come up and I can log in. So it's non-free. I think it's like 30 bucks for a lifetime license, but it's worth it. 
Cool. Okay. Way to go to start with, you know, actual links that you have to pay money for. Sean. Okay, cool. <laughs> there might be a free version. I think there uh, used to be a free version or something. I don't know. There must be, I guess, right? And again, of course, uh, suffice to say, but these are, we're going to put the link up, but it's not going to be, um, how do you say that? Referral link, yeah? Right. Anyways, my first uh, link of the week is not James Clear link. It's going to be the oh. second, but hey, you know, wait for it. Uh, my first link is actually titled uh, Three Theories for Why You Have No Time. Again, you know, we're going to put a link up, but uh, this is actually an interesting post where the author goes into three theories for why you have no time. Wow, shocking, right? Um, <laughs> I have to note that he focuses on the U.S., so that may be very interesting to you, Sean. Uh, but either way, an interesting uh, read where I'd emphasize one quote. I'd emphasize. Yeah, I'd emphasize. Yeah, you know, I kind of like got rusty for my English, but, you know, whatever. Uh, we'd collectively prefer more money and more stuff rather than more downtime. We are victims of the curse of want. Wow. That, like, hit home. But anyways, interesting post. Um, so, you know, who's into this? Check it out. Cool. That kind of reminds me of um, in the book Deep Work that I always recommend – he talks about a book that was written in 1908 called How to Live on 24 Hours a Day. And it's interesting. Uh, it was the Industrial Revolution was pretty new. And the fact that people only had to work for eight hours and had 16 hours free was a novelty. And he felt like people were wasting their time and not getting anything useful done. So basically the idea is if you work for eight hours and you think that's the day. Everything else around it is that's when I sleep and eat and everything, and that's like not the day. Then you're cheating yourself because there's a whole other life you can live during those hours. Anyway, moving on to the next thing. Uh, here's something that is free. There's a backup tool called Restic, R-E-S-T-I-C. I've been using it now to backup locally to an external drive and also remotely to S3. And also within my LAN over SSH via the SFTP. So my Linux machine backs up to a local disk. My Mac backs up over an SFTP to my Linux machine to the same disk. And they both also can directly go to an S3. So I have them both uploading once a day to S3 and uh, one or more times a day locally. The nice thing about Restic is that, well, there are a bunch of nice things about it. It's written in Go, which of course has my plus one. It also takes snapshots. So if you upload, say, you know, every 15 minutes or something or once a day, and most of the files don't change, it'll only upload the differences, but it also will keep the previous versions. So you can go back and retrieve them. You can also prune them later if you like. And it even does that across within the same repository. For example, if I'm back up my Mac and my Linux box to the same Restic repository, and they have like 30 gigs of shared files, it won't re-upload those 30 gigs. It keeps track of all the, the file parts. And it's actually more sophisticated than that. There's a podcast, which I should have gotten a link to before this, but I didn't think of, where they explain kind of how it works. And if you have a giant file, say it's like a two gigabyte file, and only a small portion of it changes, it doesn't have to upload the entire two gigs again. It can just upload some of the pieces of it. It's got a good command line interface. There is no... GUI or web browser interface, but it doesn't really need one. Uh, you just need to know a few simple commands and you have that peace of mind that 
your computer crashes, your house burns down, someone steals your laptop, that you're not going to lose more than, say, a day's worth of work. Oh, and it's fully encrypted, of course. It uses a password or a password file, so you can trust it on something like S3 or drop it in a Dropbox folder or something, knowing that even if someone has access to your backup, they can't read it. So in a way, this reminds me of Git. Um, yeah, it, there's a lot of similarity in the way it works with snapshots. They're kind of the same thing as commits. Cool. Okay, interesting. Okay. Um, my second link is, as I already said, of course, from whomever but James Clear. It's actually titled, If You Sit at a Computer All Day, Okay, That's Us, Yay, This Mobility Exercise Will Change Your Life in 30 Seconds. You know how I feel about this. It's got to change your life, la, 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 whatever, right? Uh, but I gave it, gave it a go, and uh, it's interesting. You have like a YouTube video where you can see how this is done. So he linked another guy, right? So uh, he talks about this. It's called... Uh, thoracic bridge exercise which will you know supposedly help you with the mobility uh as i said there's a youtube video so you know again you know go and try it for yourself and uh, none of these things i uh say like it's life-changing unless i do it for a real long time since i've not been doing this uh not even a week now i can't you know vouch for it but you know be sure that uh, as i will be doing it because it's really like uh, seriously you can do it in like 10 seconds um I will, you know, update on this if this is really something so awesome that you should do like every day. All right, excellent. Well, I, the first video I found had a guy wearing a kettlebell T-shirt, so it's probably good. Yeah, actually, the, that is exactly most probably the link. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it is on James Clare's website. Yep, of course. How silly of me. All right. Well, my last one, I guess I'm a little bit technical today, but... It's there's a program that I've used for many years. It's called NCDU or NCURSE's Disk Usage, and it's a fantastic Linux tool. The best way to describe it is if you're familiar with WinDeerStat for Windows or possibly Daisy Disk for the Mac, they are tools that let you say your hard drive is pretty full. You want to delete some stuff, but you don't know where to begin. These tools will actually scan it and show you where your biggest folders are and biggest files and things like that. And NCDU is great because it's command line utility, which means you can SSH into a server and to clear up some space and things like that. Cause you know, in production, your server, your application starts crashing cause you ran out of disk space and your application needs to write to the temp folder for some reason, you don't have time to play around. So instead of digging around through all the folders, you can just run NCDU and it will tell you where the, the usage is. So anyway, the reason I bring it up is because I've been using it forever on Linux, but it doesn't come on the Mac. And of course, there are things like Homebrew, which I just am not interested in installing on my computer. But the only way to get NCDU apparently is through Homebrew or one of its competitors. But what I found out, and the link that I will give to Nicoletta put in the show notes, will be to the Homebrew page. But there's a link you can click to a JSON file. And in that JSON file, it just literally has the actual download URL to the NCDU binary. So you can just download it, extract it, and run it. So if you don't want to install Homebrew or you want to copy NCDU from one computer to another, you can look up the Homebrew page for it, look at the JSON link that it provides, which I assume is what the Homebrew tool uses, 
and download the binary and just put it on your path and you're good to go. Cool. Okay, this is actually interesting. Uh, a totally different podcast topic is why wouldn't you want to use homebrew? But as I said, this is probably another topic. Uh, cool. Okay. Yeah, actually, I do. I'll definitely make use of this. I use some kind of a visual GUI tool on a Mac. Uh, speaking of which, I haven't used anything else besides Mac in what five over five years now. And remarkably, I can't remember when was the last time I had to reinstall something. So hello, Windows users. I was one, you know, back in the day. You can't How remember about the last time you had to reinstall something? everything every three months, right? Wait, you can't remember the last time you had to reinstall something? Because five minutes before we started this podcast, you had to reinstall Audacity. Uh, okay, so let me be clear, because you really like to uh, catch on the words, as we say. Uh, I didn't have re- I didn't have to reinstall OS. Ah, of course. Yeah, cool. Uh, okay, so anyways, my third and immediately fourth link. Why? Because I was like, you you mentioned all these technical links, and I'm like, still I don't code anymore. But hey, you know, I kind of like also am still technical. I hope. Uh, this one's really quick. It's actually titled Mozilla Patches Critical Vulnerability. Uh, probably those of you who actually uses, use Firefox, you uh, know of this. So there was like uh, this, um, some kind of an exploit that happened, uh, zero-day exploit as they call it. Uh, anyways, update your Firefox. That's one link. Uh, and the second one is from, of course, whomever, then James Clear, it's called Measure Backwards, Not Forward. And basically, uh, he says that he measures progress backwards. Uh, Like, for example, you know, what happened in my business this week? And he uses that backward measurement as a way to guide his actions for the next week, which, if you think about it, is quite interesting, right? For example, if you are a runner and last week you really, you know, kind of like didn't run, but you want to maintain your program or whatever you were on, of course, it kind of like makes no sense to, so you did like zero running last week and now you're going to just continue with it and go do like, you know, 50 miles. There's, you know, it's kind of like not smart, right? So, okay, cool. It has definitely uh, good points. So basically he says that he bases his choices on what has recently happened and not what he hopes will happen in the future. This one resonates so good with me because it's like, sure, I'm this year, this is the year that I'm going to totally lose weight and get on this, you know, imaginative or desired weight that I so long. And then, oh, okay, nothing happens again, right? Um, and interestingly, there's like this additional benefit to this strategy, which is when you measure backwards, you get to enjoy the progress you're making right now rather than actually yearning for a different life in the future. This is actually, like, if you think about it, this is actually cool, right? Because we all, well, we all, I, I speak for myself, right? You know, when I get to, to that or when I do get to that, when, 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 so living in the future instead of actually being like, oh, look, dude, in the past week, I actually did all these things. So, Kind of like it's not immediate feedback, but it's at least a feedback of a past week. So this actually resonated really well with me. So, dear people, measure backwards. It's kind of backwards. <laughs> well. Anyways. Yep. Want to do the closing, Sean? Why not? Do the closing, eh? All right. Well. Yep. 
Thanks, everybody, for listening to another episode of Dev the Dev Think Podcast. We'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.